this week's preparation time for the sermon has been quite challenging for me because, again, those of you who come regularly, you know that we tend to work through books of the Bible. We've been going through the Gospel of John for five years now. That's a joke for anyone who is a guest and doesn't know. It's been a while, but it always has for me the next section. So really, the Holy Spirit Himself decides what we will be preaching each week. And He decides uh, other times as well by pressing things in our lives and my, on my heart and into the church. And as we've been going through a, a journey for almost the last two years, year and a half now, one of the things that we've talked about many times uh, for those of you who have been in the new members class and for those of you members who've been here for a while who have been able to go through that, because again, the expectation is that everybody will go through that so that way we know, all of us know what we believe and what we agree on. For those of you who've been able to come to more of the Sunday nights or Wednesday uh, nights or even some of the Sunday school, some of this will be familiar with you as we've talked quite a bit about a very naughty word at least in a lot of churches, especially in Southern Baptist churches, a very bad word sometimes. Um, Five-letter word, not a four-letter one. Elder. Or if you were to get really crazy, make it a six-letter word, elders. And for those of you who've been around, we've talked about this some. And so I believe that the Spirit of God wants me to teach and preach on elders today because it has been taught on many times in this church for the last year and a half, but there are many of you who have not either been here for those or you may be a guest in town today and thinking, why in the world am I here? I'm actually praying that God will use this and I have five particular ways. And so if you look at the back of your bulletin, the back page... There's going to be a lot of information today, which normally I work out of one text specifically, but to get a full picture of what elders are, I need to use multiple texts. So that's part of what will be different about today. A lot of information, but here's what I'm praying. Here's what I've been praying and asking God that he would do with this message today. Five things. I hope to convince you that the New Testament pattern and teaching on church leadership includes a plurality of elders. Okay? I'm hoping to convince you that that's what the Bible says today. Number two, I hope you see God's love and wisdom for you in giving the church a plurality of elders. I hope that as I try to convince you that that's true, you actually see the wisdom and love of God in that. So thus you will worship Him. That's what we're here to do. We want to learn, but we respond and worship. Number three, I hope you will embrace the gift of elders, whether that is you are a member of this church or you are passing through or you're a member somewhere else. If you do not have elders at your church, I'm going to pray and hope that you will be convinced from Scripture today that this is true and you will take this with you wherever you go and have a good conversation. If you're a member of another church, I pray that you will humbly go to your church leadership and say, what do you think about this? Fourth, I hope that some of you men, through this sermon, will feel a calling and an aspiration to be an elder. I'm asking God, by the power of His Spirit, to work in your hearts in such a way that you feel something ignite inside of you, that you say, I like that. God, is that for me? 
I pray that he'll do that. And the last is, I hope your love and hope in the chief shepherd, the chief, chief pastor, Jesus, grows as he cares for you through his under-shepherds. Okay? He's the chief shepherd. Pastors, elders, they are the under-shepherds. How in the world am I going to do this today? With a lot of reliance on the scriptures and the Holy Spirit. I want you to be open today. If you've not heard of this, or if already you're going, uh, I feel like I can read on some of your faces. I'm feeling some, uh. Let's be open to the scriptures. If you disagree, after looking at the scriptures, that's something we can talk about. But let me try to show you today. So we're going to be in a bunch of different passages. And we're going to be in so many passages, in fact, that I gave you a little handout inside your bulletin. So those of you who passed by the bulletin, you're thinking, oh, big mistake. Yeah, it was. It was a mistake. But if you want to grab one, you're welcome to get up now and get one. There's a handout in here with a bunch of verses and things. I'm going to use this to try to convince you what the Scriptures teach. Because here's the thing. Specifically in Southern Baptist churches, but in other churches as well, we have gotten away from this term. I'm not saying we've never used it. I'm saying we've gotten away from it. Historically speaking, Baptists, even Southern Baptists, have used elders as part of their churches. We have gone away from that since the late 1700s, early 1800s. But again, we are not interested in tradition We are interested in Scripture. That's what we devote ourselves to here. And if Scripture says it, then we submit to it and we do it. If it doesn't, then we stay away from it. That's what we do. So, even if some of our like-minded brothers and sisters who other Baptist churches, other Southern Baptist churches, even if they disagree about this, if, if we are convinced that this is what Scripture says, then we go with it because it's what Scripture says. Scripture is our authority always. And if you want to know what bad comes from when we don't do that, you can have a guy sit on a throne and say homosexuality is not a sin and everyone has to believe him because it's tradition that he could say that, that he has some type of authority. When you elevate tradition to the word of God, the same level, you get in all kinds of trouble. Jesus is the authority. His word is the authority, period. Now the question is, is this what the Bible teaches? So let's find out. The first thing I want to say, if you look at your sheets, I want you to have your sheets with you. The first thing, all three names. There are three names. There are three words that are used in the New Testament to describe what I'm going to call the office of elder in the church. There are two offices, period, in the New Testament. There's the office of elder or, notice I'm saying or, not and, or pastor or bishop. All three, which I'm going to show you in a second, are used to describe the same office. The other office, the second office that exists, is deacon. The problem is, as we've gotten away from elders in Southern Baptist churches, we actually have deacons that are doing the job of elders. And it gets quite confusing. Listen, some of you have played board games. You ever heard of something called house rules? When you play cards or a board game, somebody comes to your house and you're starting to play the game, and they say, oh, in our house, we play it like this. Right? They change the rules a little bit, right when you're about to make a good move. Oh, oh, we don't play that way here. Yeah. You're familiar with that, right? We don't do house rules when it comes to the Word of God. Okay? We don't do that. It's His rules. His wisdom is best, always. 
And I think that we've been missing out. Many churches have been missing out by not following the pattern in the New Testament. Three names. Turn with me to 1 Peter chapter 5. You are going to be... So a lot of these verses and things, 1 Peter's not in, in your notes, so turn to 1 Peter in your Bibles. A lot of the other verses I'm using are going to be on here. You can check those later to make sure, because you don't have to turn to every single one of these. But the main text we're going to start, start with is 1 Peter chapter 5. 1 Peter chapter 5. I want you to listen here, and I know you guys were listening so carefully when Eric was reading earlier out of Acts 20. I'm also going to talk about that. But, 1 Peter chapter 5, verse 1. So I exhort the elders among you as a fellow elder and witness of the sufferings of Christ, as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising oversight, not under compulsion, but willingly, as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, but eagerly. Not domineering over those in your charge, but being examples to the flock. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. I have been asked before why I do not use the title senior pastor. I think Jesus is the senior pastor. I'm an under-shepherd. He's the senior pastor. says it right there. Work through this with me. Go back to verse 1. Peter's writing here, I exhort the elders, plural, among you as a fellow elder. So is Peter an elder? Yes, Yes, Peter's an elder. Interact with me today, guys. Come on. Is Peter an elder? Yes, he's an elder. He's also an apostle, but he's an elder in the church and a witness of the sufferings of Christ as, as as well as a partaker in the glory that is going to be revealed. Now watch this. So elder is the first word that's used. Look on your little sheets. If you look there, the first word on the top there, elder, presbyteros, the Greek word. This term implies wisdom, experience. You go to an elder for counsel or guidance. Elders have moral authority. When they talk, people listen. That's what he's saying. So he's saying, I exhort the elders. He's talking about that, the leaders in the church there. But then look what he says in verse 2. Shepherd the flock. What's a flock? Somebody let me know. What's a flock? Sheep, right? We're talking about sheep. So when he's talking about shepherd, he's actually using that word pastor. Pastor the flock. Shepherd the flock. Do you know that we use the term pastor all the time? You know it's used one time in Scripture as a noun? Elder and bishop are what are used to describe the office. Majority of the time. One time it's used in Ephesians 4 to say pastor. But you call me what? Pastor Billy. That's okay because it's an appropriate term, but just realize it's not the most common in Scripture. Elder's the most common with bishop or overseer after that. I'll explain to you why all this matters as we go. So he says, shepherd the flock of God that is among you. Real quick side note here. Notice he says, shepherd the flock that is among you. This is part of why church membership actually matters. Because if they're going to shepherd, if I'm going to shepherd, if people are going to shepherd their flock that's among them, that God has made them overseers, how do I know who's my flock? Just because if you show up, how do I know who's my flock? Part of that means you want me to shepherd you. Part of what that means. So if you're not a member of a church and you're around here, we can talk about that. If you live somewhere else and you're not a member, I, I beg you, find a church so you can have shepherds who will shepherd you. Shepherd the flock of God that is among you, exercising, look at this word, oversight. Some of us get uncomfortable immediately. That's the third word. The first one was elder that we see on your list. The second one was that pastor or shepherd, poimen, 
This is used only one time in the New Testament in the noun form to describe the person or office of the church. Shepherds have charge over flocks. They lead sheep from place to face, feeding, feeding and nurturing, protecting the flock. Peter's told this, if you remember when Jesus is interacting with them, and he keeps asking them, do you love me? Yes, Lord, of course I love you. He says, shepherd my sheep. And the third I just mentioned to you, overseer or bishop, episkopos. Does that ring a bell? Episcopalian language there, Okay. This term describes someone who watches over things or people. Same word as in 1 Peter 2.25 as guardian. The idea of a bishop is guardian. This emphasizes leadership and direction in the church. But look what Peter has just done. He puts all three in the same thing, in the same place, the same passage. Why? Because it's three different ways of describing the same office. So what I'm saying is a pastor is an elder is a bishop. All three are the same. Now, there are other denominations who disagree. I'm telling you, Scripture right here is showing us that that's what it is. A pastor is the same as an elder is the same as a bishop. There are other denominations that have gotten that and they've separated it. And bishops or elders are something over a pastor. That's not the case. The pastor isn't the only one within the local church. The pastor, the elder bishop, is the same person. So you can call me Pastor Billy or Elder Billy or Bishop Billy or just Billy. I don't care, ultimately. But don't separate this. In this passage right here, Peter is saying, exercise oversight, your bishopness, your leadership over, not under compulsion. Don't do it because you feel like you have to, but willingly as God would have you. Not for shameful gain, not so I can get some type of status, not so I can get some type of money. That's not the reason to do it, but eagerly. Not domineering. You ever been in a church with a pastor who's just domineering all the time? Runs everything heavy-fisted? Look at this. Not domineering over those in your charge. Who's in their charge? Whoever their members are, whoever their flock is. But being examples, don't be domineering, but be an example, Peter says. And when the chief shepherd appears, you will receive the unfading crown of glory. That's the first argument. If you, I'm going to quickly note, if you want to, you can turn to Acts 20, but I'm going to do it off your piece of paper there. Acts 20, which Eric read so well for everybody that Truett was encouraging him. Good job, Mr. Eric. Acts 20, first he says in verse 17, now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus to call the elders, it says. He calls the elders. But then as the passage continues on in Acts 20, he says this, listen, verse 28, and this is on your sheet. Should be. 2028. Pay careful attention to yourselves. So he's talking to those elders. Pay careful attention to yourselves and to all the flock in which the Holy Spirit has made you overseers. Guess what that overseer's word is? Bishop again. To take care for the church of God, which he obtained with his own blood. You hear the language of flock there? Shepherd the flock again. That's the pastor mentality. He calls them elders and then he says, exercise your oversight bishop over them. It's all three. I bring those two up because I first have to convince you that all three words mean the same thing. Bishop, elder, pastor. They all mean the same thing. They're all describing the same office. Okay? Now, phase two. Phase two is, again, taking your sheet for a second, and you'll see halfway down the first page it says plurality. 
I'm going to quickly read through these for you because here's the thing. Anytime you see in Scripture that it's describing the elders, not if it's describing the individual uh, qualifications that are needed, that's when it will use singular. But when it's talking about the churches, what it will say is it will have an S on the end. Why? Listen. Acts 14.23. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church. Did you see that? Verse 14.23. Right on your sheet. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, plural, with prayer and fasting, should be done prayer and fasting, they committed them to the Lord to whom they had believed. Acts 15.6. The apostles and elders, plural, were gathered together to consider the matter. Acts 15.22. Then it seemed good to the apostles and the elders with the whole church to choose men from among them to send them to Antioch with Paul and Barnabas. Verse, uh, Acts 20.17. Now from, we already read this, but now from Miletus, he sent to Ephesus to call the, and called the elders of the church, plural, singular, to come to him. We'll skip over Acts 20. Ephesians 4.11-12, listen to this. And he, Christ, gave the apostles, prophets, evangelists, and the shepherd teachers, the pastor teachers. This is where I said that that word's used as a noun. The pastor teachers to do what? To equip the saints to do the work of the ministry for the building up of the body of Christ. Listen to me carefully. This is what I wanted you to see. Part of what I wanted you to see. Elders or pastors are chosen by the Holy Spirit, but they are given to you as gifts from Jesus. That's what it says. They are gifts to you. Philippians 1.1, listen now, Paul opens his letter to Philippians. Paul and Timothy, servants of Christ Jesus, to all the saints, who are the saints? We are the saints, right? Yes, anyone who's a Christian because you're given the righteousness of Christ if you believe in his death, burial, and resurrection, uh, you are given the righteousness of Christ. Now, to all the saints in Christ Jesus who are at Philippi with the overseers and the deacons, two offices. That's the bishop word there. So he just said to the bishops and to the deacons. This is why I left you in Crete, Titus 1.5, so that you may put what remained in order and appoint elders in every town as I directed you. He said, I left you there, Titus, because things weren't quite finished yet. You need to stay behind and you needed to appoint elders in every town. Each town at that time had one church. You needed to put elders in place because the church is not complete until you have that. The church needs a plurality of elders. Hebrews 13, 7, or sorry, 1 Timothy 5, 17. Let elders who rule well be considered worthy of double honor, especially those who labor in the preaching and teaching. There seems to be at least a distinction. You may have elders in a church, but there may be those, one or others, who labor in the preaching and teaching. In our case, that would be, right now, I'm the only elder. I'm the only bishop. I'm the only pastor. And I'm the one who labors in the preaching and teaching. But that's part of what we're discussing and have discussed for a year and a half as a church and what we will be talking about tonight and hopefully voting on as members tonight. Hebrews 13, 17, 13, 7. Remember your leaders, those who spoke the word of God to you, consider the outcome of their faith and imitate their faith. Part of what they're supposed to do is live a godly life in front of you in such a way that you imitate their lives. Notice it's plural again. Hebrews thirteen seventeen. Obey your leaders and submit to them. That's a scary word. For they are keeping watch over your souls. Part of what the elders, leaders, pastors, bishops are to do is to keep watch over your very soul. That's love. Jesus is saying, I love you. Here is a gift of men who will look after your souls. 
Look at this. So those who will give an account. That also means that if you're a pastor or an elder or a bishop, whichever word you want to use, you will give an account before Christ for the people in your charge. And some of you have seen pastors do some pretty awful things. And can you imagine when they stand before the chief shepherd and he said, I gave you my flock and you did this with it? That's going to be a scary day. But I'm praying that there are some of you that God is stirring up and saying, I feel like this may be for me. Because it is a glorious thing. It's a hard thing. But it's a glorious thing to keep watch over people's souls who you love. And it frightens me every day that I will give an account for your souls. Not because of how bad you are, but as I'm scared of how bad I am doing at it. And there's a lot of you, and that's a lot for one person. Think about it for a second. Think about on the hills, on the slopes, maybe in Scotland or Ireland or something, I don't know, with a whole bunch of sheep. 60, 70, I don't know, whatever. And I have to give an account for your souls. What's going on inside of each one of your lives? Imagine if this is that way, and there are wolves, as we read in Acts 20, that are popping up from inside and wolves from the outside. How can I defend for you, everybody? But what if God in his wisdom has said, no, that's not how it's supposed to be anyway. There's supposed to be other men that, again, the Holy Spirit will raise up and Jesus will give as a gift. So then all of a sudden, we have one there, and we have one there, and we have one here, and now we can protect Part of what happened here two years ago is you didn't have anyone to protect from the one wolf. And it's a terrible thing when it's a shepherd who's in wolf clothing. It's a terrible thing anytime that happens, but especially when it's a shepherd. But when you have multiple, they can sniff it out. We're going to talk more on the requirements of elders. If you look at 1 Timothy chapter 3, you don't need to turn there now. We're not going to have time tonight, today. 1 Timothy chapter 3 or Titus 1. It actually goes through and it explains exactly what an elder or a pastor or a bishop must be. What's interesting is it's a whole bunch of character qualities. The only other thing that's unique about a pastor and an elder is that they can rightly teach the word of God and defend against false doctrine. Everything else is about their character. So I'm going to end with this list, and this is at the bottom of your sheet there, but I'm going to end today with this. Just from those verses that we've read, here's all that comes up. Here's all that's involved with what an elder is. And again, I hope you see that a plurality of elders is what God has, and that elders and pastors and bishops are the same thing, but here's what comes out of it. You have to know your flock and know what's happening in their lives. You need to willingly oversee the lives of their flock. Keep watch over the souls of the members. Part of your role is to equip the saints. It's to care for the church. It's to protect the flock. You're not to be domineering. You are, the flock are considered in your charge. You are to be an example to the flock. You need to be a man, a man worth imitating. The flock are to submit to their leaders. The elders are to be devoted to the word and prayer. That's also why we have deacons, so they can actually do the other things, the more temporal things. So the elders, pastors, can devote themselves to the word and prayer, eternal things. They're to speak the word of God. They're to teach the word of God. And James 3.1 says they will be judged more harshly. 
which is scary as well. They need to preach the word in and out of season, rebuke those who teach false doctrine. They're to be humble. They're going to give an account to God. The Holy Spirit chooses them. They are a gift from Christ to the church, and we're under Jesus, who's the chief shepherd. What's the takeaway? Here's the takeaway. I hope through today you are convinced that the pattern of the New Testament is that there are plurality of elders in each church, and those are elders, pastors, or bishops, whatever words you want to use. They're all described in the same office. I hope you see God's love and wisdom for how he has set up the church. I hope you will embrace this gift. I hope some of you men, through this time, feel a calling, an aspiration to this. Maybe you're not there yet, but you think God has that for you. And I hope that your love and your hope in Christ, your chief shepherd, has grown today and will continue to grow under the under-shepherds, under-pastors. Let's pray together. Father, I confess that this is slightly different than some of the other passages we've gone through, Lord, and there were a lot of passages, and I pray that people will take these things, these resources home, and they will not just stop here, but they will really dive in for themselves and see your plan for the church. I pray that tonight as we discuss some of these things at our members' meeting and vote on this, Lord, I pray that you would guide us and lead us. Lord, I pray that nobody in here would accept this because it's something I said, but they would accept it because it's in your word. I pray you would raise up men, even if there are young men who are in here. When they get older, I pray you are raising up pastors, elders, bishops in this church right now to protect this church and to go out from here to start other churches or to protect other churches. God, help us to see your care and your kindness for us and your wisdom and help us to respond with worshiping you. Lord, it says that you have died for your church. You've died on the cross in our place for our sins. You gave your very life. You laid down your life for the flock and after three days you rose for our justification. I pray if there's any here who do not know that, they have never believed in that, I pray today would be the day of salvation. Thank you for our time. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you.